Tweet at SFM Radio and at Ayanda Ali P. All right, we are fast approaching the uh, end of the work week. So I think now is as good a time as any for us to actually take stock of our productivity levels or lack thereof for some. Uh, but we can still try and redeem the time. Hey, if you are kekelezing all week, uh, there's an opportunity for you to do at least one good deed this week. Something in Yananje. Uh, that's what we're focusing on now. You may call them good Samaritans, humanitarians, philanthropists, but here we we like to call them do-gooders, right? And we began the segment with a beautiful, beautiful song by Yolanda Adams. It's called The Things We Do. And in that song, she talks about, you know, some of the things that we do that are gentle rays of hope that teach us and touch other people each and every day. So that's what a do-gooder does, my friend. It's those people who uh, dedicate their lives, their energy, their resources to make a difference in somebody else's life, you know, just by their actions or their words. Um, They can help, they can heal, they can free, they can clothe people, uh, they educate some, and they do so many just wonderful, admirable things, you know. And one such person is with us in studio today. She's a beautiful young lady and definitely with brains, that's for sure. And you'll hear why I say that a little bit later. She is a founder of a petroleum company called Melvi Force, Puma Nelsprate, which has sold over 10 million liters of fuel in just a short six years of its inception. Now, this young lady is also the director of Moby Go Solutions. That's a digital learning company uh, inspired by the fourth industrial revolution. You know, that buzzword or buzz phrase. Uh, but that's not all that she does. This boss lady is extremely busy. So her list of accomplishments also includes coffee distribution and um, she's also uh, quite busy so when she's not creating digital content or selling fuel she rolls up her sleeves to take care of about 430 orphans uh, at two orphanages in Bumalanga she's doing absolutely amazing work I know that she's also involved with a pageant that you know one of the criterias of you entering or succeeding uh, at that particular contest is to to be giving back or contributing to society so it's a beautiful thing that she does her name is uh, she also just happens to, by the way, be the daughter of ANC veteran Matthew Sopos. That's happy. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello and welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Shem, it was a long intro. No, it's awesome. But it's important because I feel like context is so crucial. Tell me a little bit about your work now. Which came first, your, your business pursuits or your philanthropic endeavors? To be honest with you, I think my business pursuits did come first because I believe that, I mean, I had to um, channel myself and work hard enough to be able to have enough profits in my business for me to be able to instill um, as much work as I wanted to do in the communities of Pumalanga. So my work did come first and then my philanthropic came alongside it after I had achieved certain goals that I wanted to achieve. Mm, I think it's very important because when you have more, you can do more. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And also, I think what's what's what a lot of people don't actually know is that when you when you do decide to give back or to start a particular initiative, you have to have a certain level of business acumen. Heart in and of itself can only get you so far. But, you know, even when you're running a shelter or you're working with youth or um, you're, you're running a drug rehab center, you have to be able to approach it in a way that will be able to sustain the good that you do. That's true. Very mm-hmm. true. Mm. Now, I'm certain that you get many requests from a lot of people asking for assistance. I want to know from you, how do you decide how, who and when to help? 
Okay, so it depends on um, what we have planned with my team. Um, we have two months plans in terms of what we're going to do with regards to um, charity work. So we've got a, a children's section where we do um, the orphanage work with the two orphanages in which we've done feeding schemes, skills development and HIV awareness for, and we still are doing till today for the past four years. And then also I've got um, the Girl Child Projects, um, which we distribute um, uh, pads across all of Mpumalanga um, in all the disadvantaged areas and then also this year we've got a very very important one which sits very close to my heart it's called the boy child project in which mm-hmm. I sponsored the Mr. Mpumalanga for the past three years through fuel um, so I was fueling the Mr. Mpumalanga um, literally and figuratively <laughs> <laughs> I like it yes and so um, we believe that every boy child also needs protection because I believe we're investing so much in the girl child projects which is great but at the same time we need to have balance we need boy child projects because a lot of these men who who are creating chaos in our um, society today are broken men. And um, you, when you talk to them, you actually find that this is not something that happened now that made them do things that are um, like out of uh, character, but um, it's it's anger that was built from a very young age and they mm-hmm. never had platforms to help them to uh, overcome their hurts and their pain. So therefore they take it out on the woman and we need to start addressing that and facing it because it's our reality today. Yeah, I couldn't agree, agree with you more. I think the two are not mutually exclusive. You don't have to say um, it's either the girl or the boy. You can do it at the same time. And it's very important because these young women that you are empowering are going to, you know, if that they are that way inclined, marry the men. You know what I mean? So yes. you need to be able to make sure that they are the type of individual that we can be proud of to present as somebody's husband or somebody's business partner, whatever the case may be. Now, is there a particular theme to the work that you do? You did mention, um, you know, the orphanage you mentioned the boy child the girl child is it solely youth focused is that the theme of your giving or is there just a number of different things in your portfolio Okay, so we focus on primarily the youth um, because I'm also a youth and I believe that it's important for us to have leaders within our youth because as we know that our unemployment rate, majority of it um, is is um, is based on the fact that it's youth and um, basically um, the criteria I would say is it's youth and elderly people because um, I have a soft spot for that. So it's what I have passion for and the passion comes, it comes with whatever happens within that within that month it, it depends it, it varies from time to time but we do f- mostly focus on youth and then elderly people mm. what has been i suppose some of the most rewarding aspects of of your giving sure the most rewarding is um seeing you know somebody graduating um and um, somebody seeing a household having food on a daily basis as we speak now um we make sure that our orphanages have got food on a daily basis um mm. that we supply from movie force because i always say we are fueled by passion and mm. the passion comes from my heart because i believe that i'm not going to wait for the government to do something about certain things i mean i believe that the government does have a role to play but i feel like as individuals and as corporates it's also our responsibility to give back as much as possible to also help the government to rectify the mistakes that we have in our country currently. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think I'm going to just be agreeing with you the whole day during <laughs> the show because just like hey, taking a look at the work that you do, I, it's just so it's resounding and it just has a ripple effect as far and wide, like I said. But, you know, there are always two sides of the same coin. And as much as there are parts of giving that are very rewarding, equally, there may be, uh, you know, a downside. So what is been the most difficult part or maybe disappointing part of 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 your philanthropic work 
Um, I would say, uh, firstly, the most disappointing part is when you realize that um, not everybody is doing it for the right reason. Um, everybody, everybody is doing it. Um, so not everybody, but in some cases, you'll find certain colleagues of mine would be doing it because there's media there. And if there's no media, they're not going to be there. Mm. But the, the only reason why we want media to be part of our projects is because we want people to know what we're doing so that they can join our movement and also help us to be able to do more because we believe in collaboration as movie force. So I think that is the biggest downfall. But And also, um, secondly, not everybody that we do assist is also um, willing to also continue. Sometimes it becomes too tough for mm. them. And and I mean, that's the reality of a situation where you send somebody to school and they fail. And then, you know, we have to let them go because we believe that, you know, you need to take it seriously because it's a one, once in a lifetime opportunity mm-hmm. and you must grab it with both hands. And then I think the most difficult, difficult and disappointing part is to have to let go of somebody that I've already built a relationship yeah. with based on the principles. Sure. Yeah. And you can't start bending the rules because now you're going to have to do it with everybody else. And someone is going to say, oh, you let so and so stay. And now you're telling me to leave yeah it's very challenging i can imagine but something that's i don't know if equally difficult or maybe more difficult um is having to defend yourself as well against the surname that you happen to bear uh, the family that you just you know happen to be born into um your father is one of the anc struggle stalwarts uh, matthews posa and uh, i suppose a lot of people will look and say yeah no she has no choice but to give so yeah she must be giving there's, mm. there's nothing admirable about this it must be really difficult. You know what? It really, really was difficult in the beginning. But um, because I know my purpose and what I'm here for, um, I've I've come to peace, I've come to terms with it, and I'm, I'm at peace with it. That people with who are naive will have that mentality. But um, at the end of the day, um, I'm an individual. I'm very proud of where I come from. I feel blessed and humbled by God to have blessed me with such great um, leaders as parents and mentors. But at the same time. Um, they have also produced and pruned, groomed me as an individual to stand on my own. And that's why I do run family companies alongside my father. But at the same time, I've got three of my own individual independent companies that have nothing to do with my family hub or connection whatsoever. And I do that because I believe that there should be a balance. And also, um, I believe that, you know, in life, you'll always remember Matthew's Posa if he had to drop dead now. If I drop dead now, you'd be like, who's Tepiso? I don't want to be remembered for my surname. I want to be remembered for my deeds. And I want to leave a legacy for my children, my unborn children who are still yet to come. <laughs> but mm-hmm. at the same time, I want to, I want to leave a legacy um, behind of my own. I think now is as good a time as any to bring in our caller. We do have a caller and uh, I wish I could extend my hand and give him a virtual handshake, a virtual high five and also congratulate him for the outstanding job that he did in raising such a smart, intelligent, beautiful young lady. I've given you a hint as to who the caller is. Caller, you're live. Good afternoon. Welcome to Life Happens. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Tepi. Afternoon, Dad. <laughs> yeah, this is now call. I'm here. Surprise! <laughs> Are you not in London? <laughs> London, is, London is not far. This, the phones work here. Oh, <laughs> London can never be too far to check in on your little girl, right? Yeah, listening to you saying eloquently what you're doing, and uh, you know. Oh dear me! The line is not too great, but we'll 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 stick it out just a little bit more to her and hope it improves. Maybe move around a bit. Hello? 
Hello? Yes? Much better, yes, Doc. We can, we can hear you. Please proceed. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't bring up my children to be like me. I want them to be themselves. Mm. And uh, they must accept their individuality. Uh, me and my wife are just very individuals. We must accept their trust to their own things. We can only support. Mm. Thank you so much for calling in. I think Leline yeah. doesn't want to see us progress. But congratulations to you. I think it's so important that you, you, you raise a child to be independent, a child to be able to stand on his or her two feet and not be spoilt as well. Because sometimes when you have an expensive surname, as I like to put it, uh, it breeds complacency. And a lot of uh, young people or the next generation will squander um, what their predecessors were able to hand down and um, you know I want to know the spirit of giving that you have is it something that you were taught or is it something that you picked up along the way um, it was something that I was taught at a young age because I would say my mother built an orphanage um, when I was six years old I remember she used to take me she was a um, she was a working for um, a lot of charities at the time as a social worker for 18 years so the first person I called a friend was actually a street kid she built the, the street kids' home right next to our home. So it was taught to me from a young age. So it just became second nature. It's effortless um, to actually just be loving and caring for the next person. Um, it's unfortunate that in the world that we live in, it's very tough. When you, when you do that, you expose yourself because you, become, you get hurt easily. But at the same time, uh, you don't lose. You, I believe that we're always learning and mm. we move forward. But at the same time, we still need to push love. You can't let one's actions um, deter determine your character you know if, if you show love to the world and somebody doesn't uh, reciprocate that that's okay you just keep moving and continue showing the love and where it will be appreciated will be where you're supposed to be we're going to take a quick break when we come back i want to know what your future plans are and what the, the what the end goal will be for you so we'll be back to get that answer in just a moment don't go away here there and everywhere SAFM 104.6 FM in Kimberley. Seven minutes to two o'clock. It is our Do Good Donderdag. And today uh, we're profiling businesswoman and philanthropist at Sepisopasa. And we're just about to wrap things up. Oh, it was so beautiful to hear from your dad. And you were saying this is the very first time that he's ever been part of an uh, interview that you're uh, involved with. Yes, in terms of radio, yes. Yeah. It's the first time. It was such a great surprise. I'm so touched. Oh, that's so awesome. I think that's a shout out to our producer, Vanessa. She does the things that make the pods to be done. All right. I want to know from you now, when it's all said and done, you know, and you look back on your life, what do you want to have achieved in terms of your giving back? What is the objective? So the objective is that before I die, I want to be like Lady Diane. I want to have more than 100, well, let's say 100 to be realistic, 100 orphanages that I am a patron of. Mm. And the goal is also to basically have built numerous schools 
um, currently in Pumalanga, we um, instilled uh, a, 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 the first library in Matafin in Nelspreit um, at the orphanage uh, called Woodhouse Care Base Center. What happened is that we were collecting books with the rugby team, as I am the first woman in history to sit on the Pumalanga uh, rugby board um, since last year. Come on now. Um, so basically the, the, the rugby team uh, assisted me. So what happened is mm. our rugby players uh, grew their beards, 30 of our rugby players grew their beards to create awareness of this library campaign that we had for three months and then after that we took all the books that we collected and we put them in a container thanks to Container Container World who contributed and sponsored a container and we turned it into a library with the means that we had so yes I think I'd like to look back and be like you know I've, 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 I've built Numerous libraries. I've, oh. I'm, a hand, I'm, I'm a patron for 100 orphanages, and um, I want to go across Africa and internationally as well to touch lives of other people through um, giving back and also creating sustainable projects that will also create more jobs for um, our youth and to change South Africa we need to create greater platforms in which our youth can apply themselves to and that's what I want to be part of. I love it. So in your long list of ventures and everything that you do what could possibly be next? What are you up to in the uh, next year, two, maybe three? Oh, okay. So what I'm up to is that in the next few months, I'm going to be really, I'm going to be um, releasing my first book. It's called Fueling Futures, and I wrote it alongside my colleague. Um, Timothy Maurice Webster. Wow. And we were busy with this book for a whole year along with the Leadership 2020 team. And um, so I've been hosting their seminars in Bumalanga called Sunday Circle. And I've been working alongside DJ Spoo. And so we've got great plans in terms of the book. And we, this book is going to change the South African youth, not only youth, but a lot of people's lives because it talks about love, fuel, it, it, we even have it, it at the end of every um, every chapter. We've got a fuel check, and the the reader can also apply themselves uh, with mm-hmm. their real stories to be able to analyze themselves. So basically, we use the fuel. Um, we always the fuel as a as a way to communicate with the reader, and we like, um, are you running on empty? Do you need new fuel? What must you do? You know, it's very engaging. It's quite interesting. I had so much fun. I cried a lot during this journey, and yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And then also, secondly, we're going to be bringing our own new uh, petrol franchise into South Africa. I can't mention the name right now. We're working on that, and we're going to be having two of them this year. And then next year, hopefully, we had we, we we're aiming to have at least ten by next year. But this year, we're going to do two and yeah it will be coming up in the next maybe six months so i'm really excited about that it's a it's a company in malawi but i can't mention the name right now but that's what we're going to be doing so i'm going to continue with the fuel because it's my primary business and um but and then also yeah in the next two years i think yeah um more orphanages more giving back and um yeah more serving it's more about serving the people um, at a young age, so that when so that when I'm older and I'm and I can be, I can, when I'm older I can be a, a strong leader and I can have influence on people because they can see that I have compassion for them and that I love them regardless of their actions and regardless of their laziness. Sometimes I still I push people, the people I work with and that know me well, they know I'm a pusher. I push myself. You get things done. I get things done, and um, yeah, and I'm the difference. I always say my name is Sibisulera the difference in my community, country, and world. Oh, I just want to cry right now, Tippy. You know, people who who often spend themselves or give of themselves to uplift others very rarely 
sit back and actually rest and reflect and pour into their fuel, like you say, their fuel tank, you know, yes. and give love to themselves. How do you relax? How do you switch off? I won't lie to you. I'm very spiritual. Yeah. So how I relax is when I spend time um, at church and when I'm when I'm basically alone. Um, I love the wild wildlife. My favorite animal is an elephant. Because I believe Aww. people always underestimate it. Um, it's big. People underestimate its speed. Um, they underestimate its memory. And I feel that it's got characteristics that remind me of myself. I've mm. got a very good memory. So what I do is I go out into the Kruger and I do um, elephant riding or I go into safari drives. Or I sit back, relax and, um, you know, just do the spiritual walk um, yeah. on journey. So I think without God, I wouldn't have the heart that I have for the world. And I would have given up a long time ago. But with me, I strongly believe that um, everything starts with God and then the rest follows. Chonga, I did tell you when we started this interview that I'm going to agree with you a lot. And on that note as well, I couldn't agree with you more. Thank you so much for coming through. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for Thank having you, me. On Twitter, Monde Khatebe says, what a brilliant story. Tepiso Posa, a young woman doing brilliant things in Bumalanga. Business and philanthropy are key to any thriving society. Uh, on uh, our SMS line, I have, uh, is it Kanjo? Kanjo, uh, who says, and I quote, she is a daughter of a legend, well-respected cater, and open-minded man. Look, I've enjoyed this conversation. I trust that you have as well.